0: Alright, we we'll are let get start.
1: <music> Welcome back to another episode of Coach Day Ignorance. I am Will, the host.
0: I am Mike, the favorite host. but Just put a press on his mouth at the last minute. Now,
1: you know you. Would. Why? Why would you do that while we was doing this
0: the uh, whole shit?
1: Because I'm fat. That's why. Apparently, yeah. Uh this episode is brought to you by you guys, because you support our Patreon.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's nice. You pull that off. Oh, uh, yeah, you saw that, right? Um, no, we've got a dope episode, but thank y'all, everybody who's joining us. Um, dope episode. If y'all have it, please, please, please do sign up for our lovely Patreon page. Um, show got expenses. Um, and we broke, so <laughs> yeah, you're mad broke. We ain't got no money. Um, yeah, we got a whole, whole bunch of different tiers. Uh, all we do is ask for you to sign up for the five dollar. Little OnlyFans joint, you know. Um, you know, go ahead and click the link in our bio, and uh, you can see all the exclusives.
0: All the exclusives. Oh, <laughs> yo, especially this week, because this weekend is the season finale of Dan Lovecraft. We got to yes, go. it is. It's about to be crazy this week.
1: Yes, it is. Mike is finally turned the corner, starting to enjoy the show. I've been. <laughs> I've been enjoying the show. Um. He's he's finally uh, come around. Oh my so, god! <laughs> this, this episode, um, we're going to be talking about shameful rap battles that <laughs> that should have never happened. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but <laughs> but uh, there is a go out and vote Joe Biden rep your set rap battle. This is the best uh, thing ever in life. It's so shame. We're gonna be talking about that, uh, and we're also speaking of battles. Uh, we're gonna be talking about with uh, lovely Miss Cece Battle. Um, she's gonna kind of give us insight into uh, what she does, uh, how she's involved in politics, uh, amplifying uh, you know other conversations that involve the community. Um, you so know, what she feels uh, about like certain people voting and things like that. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, we got a dope show. Uh, episode's a little condensed tonight, cause Mike, you know, he came a little late to the party. You know, a what? Uh, Mike, Mike, oh, Mike overslept. But oh my, <laughs> we're gonna get the show popping. So,
0: <laughs> bro, if y'all see any eye and in a. Will's
1: eyes, no, it's not me, baby. You know why? Um, that's why you're looking down now, cause you're still trying to. I'm looking down at my notes, cause I'm a. Oh, okay, that's what okay. Podcaster. <laughs> He's on his. Um, so yeah, man, Mike put me on for, well, I don't know why this was a thing. Mike put me on to the uh, Joe Biden campaign battle rap ad. Oh, it's, oh, it's such a. Put your, put your flame emojis in the chat. It. <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen it, but you can definitely catch it on YouTube. Um, literally all you got to do is search Joe Biden rap. And it's the first thing that pops up. Um, if you're not familiar with rap, uh, rap battles, it's a rap battle between DNA and uh, Charlie Clips. Okay. Who are like historically like two of the better guy rap. Rapper. Yeah. Um, of course it happens. It, bro. Of course, like it starts so bad because it, the nigga Charlie Clips is like not wanting to vote and he's yeah. playing basketball at the same time. Like, <laughs> it's just so...
0: Well, like the hoodest Court of all time. Huh, like yeah, bro, the yeah net,
1: like the
0: gold didn't have a net and shit,
1: right? Net, the little uh, metal chain net, all kinds of shit. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, like I guess uh, I'm I'm mad you put me even onto this garbage. Why don't you get this culture <laughs> in your system? I mean, like, how do you feel about like, oh, I guess voting boy. to uh, voting for Biden or Trump several months ago versus now?
0: Um yeah, I know we were like debating about this like quite a bit because you
1: want some <laughs> I think you I was I was trying to find a reason to vote for Trump, bro. You I really bullshit. was wasn't I
2: bullshit. was.
1: I don't think that's a problem. I don't think you don't think it's a problem? Oh, so you're still doing it. Okay. All right. No, I know, no, no, no. I don't think there's a problem trying to find a reason to vote for Trump. Like it's like it's like trying to just be on the other side. You know, I was trying to be a contrarian, trying to be like my man Kanye. And it was too much. It was too much evil on the other side for me to, for me to change my alignment. Not making your case any better at all. But um,
0: yeah, I was always, I was never going to vote for Trump. And no, we did both like just kind of see the like look at the other side. Like we both kind of went out of our way to hear like conservative views because if you um and will put me onto the social dilemma. If you know anything about how the um, internet works, like. It is created to cater to your sensitivities and that you will only see what you agree with or will get a rise out of you. So I was like, there's got to be a reason people are so on board with Trump. And I saw a lot of that reason. Still won't vote for Trump. And though I'm not a big fan of Biden, um, I made a plan for Black America. Um, Unless we plan on making either a third party or what I actually think is better, which is, Organize a collective thought of us making our own proposals and giving it to candidates saying, if you don't meet this, then we're not gonna vote at all. Then I will just vote with Biden in the meantime. So I still feel the same way. I mean, they still pandering. As you can see this video, and just to give it full context, like this video, oh my gosh, it's like four minutes of just torture. Like, <laughs> it's just the blackest stereotypical. And what's so bad about it is They like just play on like black hardship as like the, the little. The little bars,
1: <laughs> it's like
0: y'all ain't sit for real. But
1: I was like, well, hold on, what they say? Uh, oh, Biden's got the plan for blacks, and <laughs> so what bad. about HBCUs? Like they just like they like it was obvious that they just tried to hit bullet points. Yeah, it was just, they just scroll through Black Twitter and just
0: see what we was talking about. But um, I'd be more interested in seeing like what, how you feel now
1: because you was trying hard to vote for Trump. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll admit I was trying hard to vote for Trump, but um, the reason for it was because, as I said before, like I don't. I wanted to. I want to make sure that I'm not getting locked into this thing where I'm just a black person voting Democrat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, you know, I know I have my own. Uh, train of thought. So, you know, <clears throat> I know that I can, uh, you know, look at what's going on, look at the candidates, da 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 da. But I wanted to see like how it would actually feel to vote Republican, and that was truly like one of the reasons for it. Like I, I wanted to know if like I would feel uh, shame voting for another party, shame for voting for the Republican Party, <laughs> or. You know, just all of the things that just not being aligned with what society would normally think of. A black boulder. Yeah. Uh, what society would normally think I should do as a black person. Yeah. Especially in my own community, you know. Um, but didn't it, I really tried. I really <laughs> did try. And he just kept doing so much stuff. that I was like, oh, nigga, we can't do this. Like. <laughs> Bro, I can't. It was it was like, bro, it was like one week where this nigga did like eight things that I was like, I just can't. Fuck <laughs> it was like
0: one after another. I think it was was that around the shithole countries thing or like the Kanye
1: thing. <laughs> I, I bro, I don't remember. It it was like thing after the thing. <laughs> it was just it was just too much. It was like somewhere around the primaries. Yeah. So that was what like February March. Yeah, yeah. Bro, and it was like this nigga was just. that, Oh, I, I think he said the bleach thing that week. Oh yeah, bro, like, it was just so many things. This nigga was on a roll, like. And then my daughter was like, "Who we voting for, Trump?" While we was in the primary line. Yeah. Bro, oh yeah, that's like the part. That. That, that's the part you felt. Oh your my thing. god.
0: That's the part that set you right. Yeah, bro. My vote.
1: daughter, uh, she said, "Who are we voting for, Daddy? Donald Trump?" And just all these black women stared at me like, "What the." <laughs> <laughs> you just yoke your damn daughter up. Yeah, man. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not with that Trump shit no more. So but but put... I still I still fully believe in the the idea of voting outside of what is the norm. Uh, just so you can, just so you can feel like you're not like held held to a certain, you know, standard as a black person for voting Democrat.
0: As long as it I makes sense. Feel, yeah as long as it makes sense like i just haven't the problem i usually have with black conservatives is it's just a radical like i don't want to be a sheep and so Mm -hmm. i'm just going to ignore all the clear red flags of being a conservative and and just favor of just not just being just not being in the crowd like just not being one of those and that's my only issue like i'm definitely be a free thinker but that's the problem people (laughs) It's crazy how black conservatives, a lot of times, not to paint all of them the same way, but like a lot of times they call themselves free thinkers because they're black conservatives, but they just follow the same mindset as other conservatives. Like they just go with that whole whatever yeah. their agenda is. And it's like, so you just traded one side for the other? Like, no,
1: that's not. I do think, that's I think right. like, I have the problem. Is like, not only are you a black conservative and you're like, you know, you're, you have a super clear mindset whenever you do say, okay, I vote a Republican for these reasons, and I'm holding such and such to this standard. No, yeah. it's like, I'm going to put the cape on for Trump. Like, I'm a, yes, definitely Yes. This, this nigga does no wrong. Like, why can't you say, hey, man, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter, but yeah, he fucked up this coronavirus thing. Like, why can't you just admit, like, a fault he has?
0: Because that's when you fight for a side versus fighting for the truth. Like, you're literally just fighting for your side. So when yeah. you fight for a side, you can't acknowledge that your side has flaws because that's conceding from defeat, basically.
1: No, and that's that dumb
0: shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do see people, more and more people becoming, especially our generation, becoming nonpartisan. Or, yeah, nonpartisan. And just thinking on their own. Like, being true, like, I mean, usually the most people kind of lean left, but most mm-hmm. people are just like, I don't trust none of these niggas. Yeah. I go, Who it makes sense. And, but like when it comes to this video, so if like I said, if y'all watch the video, it's like so clear, blatant pandering to black people. But like talking to a friend of ours that we had on the show before, Spirit, he was like, he actually likes that. This like, he likes when politicians pander to black people because they're supposed to do our bidding anyway. And I, was like, I, mean, I, I get, I
1: get, like, <laughs> I get the idea behind it, but like it's so cringy and it's it's such a like, why did they think that this was the way to get through?
0: That's what I'm wondering. Do you think they actually thought this shit was like effective or do they think that okay, let me ask this. Do you think that we're so stupid that they thought this would actually be effective or they just not care?
1: I think it's just not being connected with the with the people that would get okay, they love rap battle. Let's do this. Like, so you this thought they would act culture.
0: So you think they envision us watching this and be like, "Oh, I didn't know before, but now,
1: <laughs> bro, it's just tone deafness." Like, it's, <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. And as I and right after I l- listened to it, I was like, "Okay, so I assumed that based off of this video or whatever, they're attempting to appeal to," because uh, you know, I think there's black people and white people in the middle who are clear uh, about the voting process and they're like, okay, I'm going to participate, right? So this has to be attempted to appeal to the, the, the part of black people that they see they're not really into voting. They don't really participate in the voting process on a normal basis. So I was like, so what do they do for white people who do the same thing? Like, what do they do for white people who they assume are not really in the voting process? Like, well, they do, definitely pander well, in the same. Well, way. Well, I'm saying like uh, sarcastically, do they get country stars to <laughs> to do like country shit in the same fashion? You know what I mean? Like, because yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to be because you know you're have, you're trying to connect to our culture in some form of fashion. You know what right. I mean? Which is just. It's bad, right? This is the worst way to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, I, I would assume that they. I would. I don't know. I would assume, but <laughs> they have to do this on the other side for me to for me to not be insulted by this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First of all, you should be insulted by it. Don't don't even fight it. Don't even fight it. You should be. Um, they do in other like. And it's not this terrible. I haven't seen it be this terrible anyway. But like, um, oh, you can take like the Jamie Harrison commercial. I don't know if you saw it, for instance, where he's like, you know, talking shit about Lindsey Graham, but he's doing it in the voice of South Carolina. And the voice of South Carolina is like the super Hick sounding dude. Have you seen this commercial? No,
1: I have not.
0: (laughs) South Carolina sounds like a nigga out of. Newberry and like in the cornfields, like (laughs) shucking corn and shit. And like, I think it's the same thing. Like, but I haven't seen it do that bad for white people. And I think that the problem I have with the whole, like being for pandering thing is like, we do not collectively, as far as how we elect officials, people don't realize their power in that we don't collectively create like some type of like the list of demands or agenda we talk about this with the whole black agenda thing mm-hmm. we don't create like a list of demands and give it to like elected you know not elected but nominees and say this is what we demand and if we if we don't if we don't get this we are not voting for you we just kind of like wait for them to kind of speak our language and just decide whoever speaks it the most the best and we just go with them and mm-hmm. so my issue with pandering is when they just say whatever we want to hear and we vote for them and then they do whatever they want This wasn't the real point. Like, it's even more insulting then. But, like, you know what I'm saying? It'd be one thing if we actually took full ownership of our power and were, like...
1: But haven't we had the same conversation that says, and we, I'm pretty sure we've established this before, that Black people can't uh, assemble, like, a monolith. Like, like we can't, like, we all have different objectives. So it seems very weird and, uh, not realistic for us to say, okay, these are our demands.
0: Well, we were saying that, well, I think I said that there are like basic living conditions that I think everyone would like to meet that everybody isn't currently meeting. And that could be the agenda that- As know, black people. I, well, people in general, Americans in general, but if you want to talk about black people, sure. But like, when you talk about like minimum wage still being the thing, when you talk about things like people still like not getting benefits, when you talk about this whole COVID thing where how a lot of people have just been more susceptible to dying to the virus than others because of their limitations. Mm-hmm. I think these are things like standard things that everyone can agree on. Not so much a whole like you know rights for like gay people or like you know stuff like that. I think there's like standard uh-huh. living agenda we can make.
1: I don't know I think you'd be a little naive.
0: <laughs> I, don't I don't I don't I don't think know. everybody's
1: for raising minimum wage if I'm being honest.
0: Well not everybody but except like the majority like they can be like not everybody in single every not every single person in the country is gonna agree but a majority of people who need a certain thing we can create agenda that we give. because like I said if, if you listen to the average person these days like well I'll take our generation more for example uh, like last 2016 I was just telling that before the podcast like 2016 half of us didn't even vote at the general election because we didn't like the candidates and what they were saying so, like, imagine if we gave, like, you know, if we realized that power, because if half of us would have voted, if more of us would have voted, we would we could have overturned the election entirely. And So, like, knowing that power can change everything.
1: Well, that's y'all fault, me and Trump in there.
0: We know you are. <laughs> Put your maggot chair. We good. <laughs> Shout out to Micella with the cacao. Hey. Um, what else do we want to talk about this whole this whole thing, this whole pandering shit. Um, Stop. (laughs) uh, What else did we say? Oh, I was asking, I think we already asked this. If they think we're dumb enough to not recognize that they're pandering. And um, if they do, they were dumb enough. Like how much should we be concerned about that? Or is it just life? I mean,
1: they, I mean, they gotta know that we know they're pandering. Do they <laughs> like, like who does this appeal to? Like this doesn't even appeal to battle rap fans. Like movers who's hardcore in the battle rap, this is not good. <laughs> and people who don't listen to battle rap it was like, what what is these niggas doing? Like, is this is this is like one of them uh it, you know what it gave me the vibe of? It gave me the vibe of one of those uh what is it, the no smoking joints. No smoking joints. Yeah, you know the old truth commercials? Yeah. Um it was just it was just bad vibes all around. It was you didn't like the truth commercials? I mean they were okay, but like I guess this is this is just poorly done. Like like the fact that it's so bad, like why couldn't you just make a little skit? Like That's what I did. No, this you know, <laughs> with these terrible rhymes. <laughs> I
0: can't get with it. Well, let me ask you real quick, because um, CC should be here any second now. Um, so if y'all mean, didn't know, like, apparently Ice Cube had a, like, um, I guess you could call it a black agenda earlier this year that he was planning on presenting to the, and talking with the Democrats about um, implementing. And they told him, like, you we'll you wait till after the election. Um, now, why they want to wait till after the election? It sounds like, almost like, if we don't get elected, then we're not about to help with that shit but maybe that's because obviously we're feeling. But um, apparently the Republicans were willing to have that conversation. And next thing you know, they got this, it's called the Platinum Plan. <laughs> of
1: course, because niggas, niggas
0: love jewelry. Most of us said these names for these shits. Like Joe Biden being the lift every voice bullshit <laughs> and this being the Platinum Plan. That's what make you mad. But um, it's the Platinum Plan with Trump's, all of a sudden, he got this black agenda, too, where he's going to apparently like uh, officially cl- um, declare like the, the KKK a terrorist organization, apparently, um, make Juneteenth a holiday, which has already been happening, um, uplift like black economics, all these things, all of a sudden, now that we're getting closer to the election. And... People say and I don't hear like people say that the internet's up in uproar. I don't be watching the internet like that. So I don't know if people are actually mad or they just saying that he mad, they mad. But um how you feel about it, man?
1: I mean, I feel like I feel like this election, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with Charlemagne. Honestly, like people are these candidates are finally focusing on how to appeal to black people, um, instead of one side assuming that. Hey, the most of the black votes just gone, and the other side saying, you know, um, you know these these niggas is coming with us, so, <laughs> um, and I mean I think they feel like they have to pander, which is good. Um, they they have to uh, invest part of their campaign in appealing to us. I don't know if I believe that it'll amount to anything. Um, and I. And I think I believe that on both sides. Equally, I don't know how much either side will do for Black people. Um, As always, there will be certain policies and things that they put in place that help Black people. Um, But I think with both parties, it'll be to help the bottom line. Um, So... To answer your question, I believe we're still fucked. <laughs> no matter who's in there, <laughs> I don't even know if that was the answer to your question. I just had to get that off.
0: <laughs> no, it did. It did. And um, I don't know either. Um, Cece just joined the waiting room. We can go in and bring her in. <sighs> oh, maybe we got ask Cece. She's a, she's the expert over here. Yeah, she's smarter than me. She's smarter than both of us. We'll <laughs> get Cece up in here. Hey. Hello. There she is. Hey, hey. How are hey, you doing?
2: I'm all right. How y'all doing, fam?
0: We are. Right, we good. We good. We trying yeah. to sort through this whole politics thing and everything. Um, we were just talking about, I don't know if you heard about uh ice cube is apparently kind of working with the Trump administration.
2: Well, he's not working with the Trump administration. He presented things that he feels needs to be helpful for the black community to both parties. Gotcha, but I understand the sentiment of people like, why are you even talking to Donald Trump? I understand. The sentiment. <laughs> Thank
1: you for clearing that up, because it's been like so irritating to hear black people or see black people on uh, Twitter or Instagram just throw this man to the mud, you know, and I think he I think he made it pretty clear in the in what he said, but people just want to take it and run with it however they feel like.
2: Yeah, I think it's because you know we've been socialized to just read headlines and not really investigate, and that's not necessarily all our fault, right? Like the, if we think about the way that we're educated, um, you know, we're not necessarily educated to critically investigate. We're educated to like read and memorize. And that's what you see playing out is people are reading, they're memorizing, and they're reacting. So, it is frustrating, but I feel like we got to also look at the the root of that, you know, which isn't which isn't us necessarily. But I feel that. You can,
0: yeah, that's a great point. When you combine that with how social media works and how it's just meant to get you riled up in some nonsense, have nine times out of ten, without like you said, reading to the actual facts, because um even social media developers themselves say like people don't read for facts; they read for entertainment or controversy it's gonna just hit them <laughs> it's so wild like I took the will I don't believe in censorship but like it's getting dangerous is all I'm saying <laughs> um but anywho um I want to let Miss CC Battle um introduce herself and if you want to just kind of talk about what your general political views are um I'll let you have the floor
2: oh my political views oh my gosh that's a loaded question <laughs> but hey everyone my name is CC Battle <laughs> my pronouns are she her hers and for those who are transcribing I'm going to green, dark green, velvet wrap shirt, and my hair is slicked back in a bun. I'm a black woman um, with a burgundy lipstick on and burgundy glasses. And just for a heads up, the reason why you describe yourself before you um, start talking is so that folks who are using closed captioning or or different, you know, interpretation devices can actually see in different ways, maybe audibly, you know, maybe through braille, you know, experience things the way that those of us who can see colors and see people can. So just accessibility in case you've yes. never heard anyone do that before. Yes. Um, I am from Miami, Florida. That's important to note. That's a huge part of my identity. Um, I am a daughter of a sign language interpreter and a pastor. So I have in a very eclectic group. And I, and I think that'll come out in my analysis of certain situations. But I would describe myself as an organizer. I believe that people are where the power is if we can get them on you know, the same page, moving towards the same North Star, and I'm a social impact strategist. So I've worked in terms of developing strategy and initiatives or politics, campaigns, programming, all the different things. And if I had to say what my political view is, oh, that's such a loaded question. I would start by saying I'm a registered Democrat, but I am a person that lives at the contradiction or the intersection of realizing that the political systems, particularly in the states, were never created or built with Black folks in mind and was never created and built to censor our experiences or for us to win. Um, and that contradiction also recognizes that being folks who live in this country, either by choice or forcibly, it is, an, it is a tool that we have to use in order to build power for us. So I say that to say, you know, I recognize that it's faulty and it's not necessarily a democracy and it wasn't built for most of us in this country. And I believe in the power of leveraging it mm-hmm. to our benefit, understanding that it's used for our, de- our demise at the same time. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Really excited to be here and so excited to be in conversation with y'all.
0: I want to say we're so honored to have you. I truly appreciate you taking this time because I know you're very, very busy.
2: We're um, family, of course. What you listen,
0: mean? <laughs> listen, you guys are doing the, the Lord's work. I found out about you through um, For Harriet, which is we'll oh, know yeah. my favorite, favorite, favorite channel. I'm a patron. Um, Kim is awesome. Um, I've been blessed to have several conversations with her through the little Zoom meetings and everything. And um, you was on there just talking just mad facts, just stuff that we just don't know I think older generations, but particularly our generation, that just don't know about how the political system works. Yeah, dug a little bit deeper, uh, saw the civic engagement summits y'all do at um, Young People Four. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Watched the one for um, local government.
2: Oh yay!
0: So much knowledge. Listen, y'all, I'm gonna put these links in this this um, um, video at the end. I'm talking about so much knowledge. How y'all break it down? How these things work? Who's in charge of what? Talking about your uh, passion framework, I would definitely want to get into that a little bit later on. OK. Um, technique that you, that you created yourself on how to teach people about politics. And um, just thank you so much for just taking this time in the first place.
2: Of course.
0: Um, I just want to open up real quick and ask you. So you already established that you know, the system wasn't really built with us in mind, yeah. let alone for us to succeed in. Do you think it can be or should be reformed? <laughs> and or should we kind of amplify these conversations around um, abolition?
2: Yo. So I want to say that it's been a journey um, and I'm still on my journey. I think it's really important for folks to understand that people make it seem like it's this or that, right? Like either you're an abolitionist or you're someone who believes in reforming the system, but not necessarily making space for, some of us are trying to find our way and maybe we're in between and trying to find the language and have the conversations to understand where we are. And I say that to say I started as a reformist. I used to work at the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice, and I was building programs to block young people from entering the criminal justice system. And at that time, you know, with the folks I was building the programming with and working with communities, I was like, okay, well, if we can stop young people from going into systems if they're not arrested, Right. Like that's the first like interception. Right. And I'm like, okay. Well, the, and I'm glad that you went on YP4's um, one of our civic engagement workshops of like understanding that there's county government and then there's city government, specifically thinking about there's oftentimes county police and city police. And a lot of the arrests, especially in Florida, where I'm from, which is off the chain, happens with county police officers. So oftentimes they, they don't live in the communities that they're making the rest or they're patrolling. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, we have to build relationships, right? You have to, it's a different situation. If you know the mother or the father or the guardian of this person, or if you know the kid, and maybe it's because it's cultural differences. And, you know, this was me and my naivete, you know what I'm saying? Almost a decade, a decade ago. And, and I built these things called bridging the gap conversations where we brought young folks and law enforcement officers together to build relationships and have conversations. And I thought I was doing good work. And I mean, it did, you know, yield fewer arrests and especially in the counties that we had heavy programming. And at the same time that was happening, I was starting to spend a lot more time with people who were doing organizing work around deeper reforms. At that time, I wasn't aware of abolitionist work, right? And after I left that job and continued to learn and grow and build relationships and continue to organize, especially now over a decade later, I don't believe that it can be reformed in a way that will atone for its origin. It's very difficult for me to think about, and I'm specifically talking about policing, that it was created to bust unions and police those who were enslaved and capture our ancestors. So it's fundamentally difficult for me to think that you can reform it away from how it was created. And at the same time, I think that abolition requires us to dream about what's next. At the same time, how reform can provide a little harm reduction for what's happening now. So I would say I am, I would consider myself an abolitionist, as in I see a world that we don't have any of this stuff. We don't, the way that we think about education in my, in my personal opinion is wrong. The way that we think about policing I don't think there should be a police you know like I don't think there should be prisons I fundamentally don't believe in that and at the same time I realize as as abolitionists do that it's a process right so when we see the argument of defunding the police the the north star is to abolish the police and the criminal justice system but the process to get there is first through defunding right And I say that, and I make that nuance is because when we ask folks, are you a reformist, or are you an abolitionist? It's taking away the fact that sometimes the road to abolition is through radical reforms. So when I apply that, you know, to a broader, you know, question about this system, this political system, I fundamentally think that we have to think about it differently. I think the North Star of what our justice system that should be, I think politics should be a justice system, right? Um, We're not there now. And at the same time, I think in order for us to get there, we have to, I think that we have to strategically engage in it to, to one, be able to use it for our good while we have it the way it is and to be able to figure out what works and what doesn't work. I use the analogy back in the day when I used to do some trainings about like civic engagement 101. I'm like, yeah, I believe really, I fundamentally believe in flipping the table. I do. And maybe your laptop that you really like that work real good is on the table too. Maybe oh, you want to move the laptop off first and then flip that shit, right? So I I think that it's a it's a hard question. I'm not like, "Oh my god, all we have to do is make these little changes and it's going to be okay." Like, no. Um, but I do think that that we have to fundamentally change the way that we engage in order to see the progress that we desire while building an alternative future. I don't think it's either or, I think it's both.
0: I think that's absolutely phenomenal. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I only get frustrated when people try to stop the conversations on abolition entirely, because they can't even imagine it, you know what I mean? They yeah. can't even get there mentally because we've been living within this current system for so long. And just because of the way we've been in as well, it's like, if I we can, we can't even have the conversation then like, you know, what are yeah. we doing? So, I mean, do you think that, you know, they can even be something so much as like a third, you know, people talk about like a third, I know there's like a green party and stuff like that, but like, you think they can be like a Democrat, Republican, and then like some type of people's party to where like, we actually are real about what we need and want and it actually is happening.
2: You know what, so, I, there's this um, author that I really love. Her name is Adrian Marie Brown. And she said something, if you watch the Civic Engagement Summit, just watch her keynote. And I know you say you're gonna drop the link for everybody listening. Y'all watch this, this speech because it's free and it's online. And so you can see that I'm not lying when I make this quote, right? And she said, we are living in someone else's imagination. Mm. And it's really important. And it's like, it really hit me because I'm like, oh, snap. Everything that we experience, whether it be oppression, whether it be laptops, whether it be domesticated animals, all of that was somebody's imagination. Yep. So when you ask me the question is, can there be, there can be whatever the hell we want there to be. <laughs> Literally, like, yeah, if, you, if we think it's gonna work, yes. It can be multiple parties, God dang. It can be, you know, Europe has it has more than three. We can do whatever the heck that we wanna do. But the question is: Are we willing to do what we need to do to make our imagination a reality? You know what I'm saying? That's it. Like we can we can create whatever the hell we want to, but how can we get organized? How can we have the tough conversation to decide what the heck we want to do? So that was a long answer to say, "Hell yeah, we can do it." Yeah. why
0: I'll be telling Will. Will be trying to shut me down, man.
2: Don't uh, be trying to shut him down, Will. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just I, for me personally. I wouldn't want an I wouldn't want another party because the first two parties have done nothing thus far. To I mean, not nothing, but uh, historically they disappointed us, um, and so I would just assume I I would think that the third party is likely going to do the same. Um, you know, kind of pander to us and tell us what we want to hear, and we'll just you know eventually uh, be left behind like always, because that's just what this country is historically done for black folk. So,
2: yeah, I want to validate that, that opinion and feeling, especially it's like that opinion comes from a place of I've lived it and I don't want to discredit that. And you're talking about the party outside from yourself. What if you were in leadership? Do you feel like you would make different decisions? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, that's valid. And That's my point of like, it's an outsider view. They're never gonna do anything for us without us. Hell no, like, like really? Like you think people are willingly gonna give up their power? Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, they are not gonna do that. Like that's, that's not gonna happen, you know? But imagine, is there a world where, and not even saying that parties has to be it. I'm sure that there are people who spend a lot more time thinking about all these amazing options. I'm not there yet. But if we're thinking about the parties, imagine if we were in leadership of that party.
0: I see that's exactly what I love about the work that you do because when you explain what something is to somebody, because when you think about politics, like especially for our generation, it may be the one um, you know above us, like it's just like, oh, it's a bunch of stuffy old white people in suits. I don't know, I don't know anything about that. Yes, I, like, yes. I can't relate to that. <laughs> like they just tell us to vote and I go vote and I just know who the president could be and I vote for them. Representatives, I don't know this person's name, but they are Democrat, so I'm black, so let me vote for them. Or like school board school board. I don't know what the school board does. Let me just check this here. But when you actually break it down to people, what these positions actually are, and as you put it with that chair, with the power that chair actually holds, mm-hmm. people can start to see themselves within that. Like, oh, I want to be in charge of that. I can do something about that. And so they actually go to pursue it. And this is a beautiful thing, what you're doing right now.
2: Yeah, um, and it's like, I'm sure there are positions that all of us on this call, including Thaddeus, because I know he's doing back work, <laughs> can do, right? If you think about, you know, it's like you're looking at a job description. It's like, oh, well, you, you, you got to know how to do this, know how to do this, and know how to do this. And most of the job descriptions, like the job description of a county person is, do you have innovative ideas? I'm giving you top lines. Innovative ideas on how to impact your community. Can you deal with difficult people who have different views than you? Uh, I can. I have seven siblings, absolutely. Can you, you know what I'm saying? Work with people across the quote unquote aisle. I have seven siblings, hello. Like you. if you, th- it's, it's really not that difficult. Most of us, our cousins, our mothers, our aunties can do these jobs. Yeah. The barrier is like, it's money. You know what I'm saying? It's time because we're, you know, tr- thinking about our survival and don't have time to frolic with these people playing fantasy football over some real life stuff, right? Like when we really understand that most of these jobs, not only do we have the skills, we have the expertise. Absolutely. It's a lot easier to not only see ourselves in that role, but it's a lot easier for us to hold these people accountable. Cause it's like, wait, ain't you supposed to be doing, ain't you the person that's supposed to be making sure this is right? That's a completely different conversation than, oh, you know, well, um, this isn't this isn't right so and so or we shouldn't be doing this like no like you it is your job as per page two (laughs) uh you're supposed to be doing this and you're not doing it i think it's just and that kind of goes to my point about changing the way that we participate while recognizing that the way that we participate i don't think is our fault i think it's been a strategic oh yeah strategy to make sure that we participate this way and i think our option, our, our North Stars, to fundamentally change that.
0: And they have strategically made us forget that these are public servants and that they are meant to serve our interests. They're not supposed to present us with whatever they're going to do and we just say yes or no. Like We're supposed to tell them what they're going to do. If they Absolutely. can't do it, then they're not going to get the job. And that's it.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: but I wanted to go to, if you want to go into your question about um, voting suppression that I put in the um outline, because Will was asking about like voting suppression. I don't know if he said, if, if he didn't wasn't aware of it. If he didn't know if it was real or not.
1: No, I, I I do believe voter suppression is real. It's some parts of voter suppression that I don't uh, fully agree with. Um, when people say, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it? When people don't have an updated license, you know, when their license expired, that's a form of voter suppression. Yeah. You know, it's the smaller things that seem so uh, common sense to me. You know. When people say that's voter suppression, um, that's so confusing because it just seems like well, it seems like a basic requirement, Mm. you know, to go vote. Um, I just think some things are kind of overblown to to say that they're voter suppression when they really aren't. And that could just me being uh like a little a little deaf on it because it's not an issue for me. You know what I mean? Maybe getting to the DMV or something like that. So. Yeah, that's that's
2: what I was. Yeah, I understand that. I can understand why you feel that way. I think I would underscore the last thing you said is it's not an issue for you. And I would, you know, say that just because it's not an issue for us, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's not an issue. And when I think about what like the, the, the fundamental question for me is if a democracy, the textbook, you know, definition for democracy is that it's basically quote unquote for the people and if that's the case if it's an if it's an opportunity for every individual person to have their voice heard why is there a requirement to participate that's the first question so even if we think about things little like oh like to your point of okay a lot uh, a license is expired or this or that like why is there a requirement like that's the first question and if we start there then we can understand how all of these different you know, hoops that folks have to jump are in fact suppression. And and when we talk about voter IDs, it's real jacked up. Like you can use your college ID to buy liquor, to buy tobacco, to buy cannabis, to, you know, enlist if they really, really want you. I don't know that part. I'm just throwing that in there. You can do a lot of stuff with a college ID, but you can't, in a lot of places, you can't use your college ID to vote. What? Like what? Like what? Like what are you? What are you doing? Okay, my license is expired. But you know, I live there. What does inspire mean? Expire means like what? I'm no longer alive? No, it just means I didn't have time. And if we think about specifically Black poor communities, we have other stuff that we are juggling. I maybe don't have time to spend eight hours in the DMV. So yes, my license is expired. But I'm still here and I'm still working and I'm still paying taxes. For you to take all this money out of my check, you're not worrying about if my license is 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 good or not. Exactly. So it's all of those different nuances and how we've been socialized to say what's right and what's wrong instead of asking the question like, why is this, why is this a requirement in the first place? So we think about that, but there's also fear tactics. I don't know if y'all seen on the news and I'm in Florida, maybe it's because I'm in the wild, wild west right now. Um you know, people are out here at at polls with guns what you know what I'm saying you you got the Trump saying stand up and stand by like there is it's fear that's happening which is real because people and you have to think about historically right thinking about black folks experience in the states when we got the quote-unquote right to vote they were lynching our ancestors for participating like this isn't a this isn't a like this is what they did you know what I'm saying this to make sure that we don't participate. So it's not just voter ID. It's not just the way that they change the polling locations. It's not just the way they cut down the hours. It's not just the way they decrease early voting. It's not just the way they, some states, you have to have a reason why you can vote by mail or use an absentee ballot. There's all of these different things. And yes, it's suppression because fundamentally is if we believe everyone who is in this country, and citizenship is a whole other conversation, because this is the hoax, like with St. Arlene anyway, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. But if everybody should be able to lend their voice to participate in this quote-unquote democracy, why isn't there, why is there any requirement aside from being alive? That's, that's the, like, that's the foundational question. And as someone who has done get out the vote work, who's done organizing work in different states and territories, I know for a fact that voter suppression is real. In 2018, what I do every election day, if I'm not watching the the polls, I'm in my car asking people, yo, you need a ride to the polls, passing out food, something. And I was in Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Florida in 2008, there was a gubernatorial election. Yes, there were other seats on the ballot, but I was there for the gubernatorial race. It's a serious situation. And I was escorting people, shuttling people to their polls. And I remember our second to last person, I was like, okay, where's your polling location? We're looking it up. We go there. It is shut down with a sign to go somewhere else. The somewhere else was not a polling location. Hmm. And that was two years ago. They
0: just just took them
2: yeah it was just we're gonna change we're gonna change where it is if y'all saw in california the republican party were creating these fake drop-off points oh, telling people to put that. their ballots there like this is it's not it's not a lie this is really so we have to remember that when you're when folks are trying to preserve their power they will do that by any means necessary
0: and this is what you grapple with because you know you got the people who say like voting doesn't matter um, they believe that you know electoral electoral college is going to do whatever it's going to do. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter, and all these factors. But then you think like, okay, I get that because I'm one of those people that question if the electoral college even exists in the first place. But <laughs> at the same time, like if it didn't matter, they would not make it this hard. Like it's just, there's no reason it would be this. There's, there's no reason it would even be banned from voting in the first place. Like it would always be a thing, and yeah. it would not even so. It's just you grapple with that so much but i want to say um so once you get people to well if you can get actually people to vote because one thing i loved about the summit is um y'all talked about how in 2016 um was about only about 49 percent of people about 18 to 32 or so actually voted actually participated in the voting and how much we could have completely turned the ties of all like, you know if we got that up even 10 percent. i think he said if you even get that up 10 percent, that could have completely turned the ties um but you went into like why most young people don't vote and it's usually because we just don't like the candidates.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You look at this election, the same thing's happening. <laughs> you know, Our generation, especially Gen Z, for real, for real, Gen Z, we are not with that whole like, oh, it's tradition, we just gonna do what our, because I, cause my mama did it, my granddaddy did it, we gonna keep doing it. Like, you know, what are we doing this for? What? Not, no, I'm good, I'm straight. So like, I just wanna get into like, how do we get into more creative ways we get young people into politics in the first place? the way they actually feel passionate about it, especially on the local level where it counts the most.
2: Yeah, I, if I can, I wanna go back to something that you said that was really true. A lot of folks are like, I don't F with politics. Like I don't do this, my vote doesn't matter. And you said, well, if it didn't matter, like why are they working so hard? I just wanna <laughs> underscore <laughs> that to say like, it is strategic that, can I curse? I'm oh, absolutely, Okay, cause I, cause I curse, okay. It's strategic that we don't fuck with elections, right? It is strategic that we feel like our vote doesn't count. Like this is all a strategy. And I think that's important to name because like we, we demonize people for not wanting to participate in one, a system that was not built for them. And mm-hmm. two, a system they were never educated about intentionally, right? So how can you just poof out of the blue, care about something you don't really know? Like how how you want me to care? okay prime example don't judge me my whole dad played in the nfl i don't know nothing about no football like i i don't know nothing about that so how how you want me to care about something i don't know like i may root you know y'all got some wings on or whatever y'all playing and it's a little you know a little part you know whatever y'all got some rotel going on like maybe y'all care for like five minutes you know what i'm saying but i'm not gonna care like every season every game like i don't know about it and and it's the same when it comes to like politics and elections, like we expect people to engage in this long way and care and do all this other stuff. when well, folks really don't know. And it's a reason why folks don't know. And I think the to your, le- your later point about how do we change the way particularly young folks participate is first we have to acknowledge that part and stop demonizing people. Like let's acknowledge that the facts are the facts are the facts, how they feel is valid how they don't trust these people are valid, all of that is true. And then we also start to interrogate how we have been, your word that I loved earlier, indoctrinated to participate in these systems. We have been participated to one, not only think that all candidates should be white and male and rich, but also that they are, they're supposed to provide some like inspiration, i.e. savior complex, i.e. we supposed to look at these old white men and see what else gonna come down and save us like the white jesus like let's unpack that right so we have been socialized to like be real inspired by billy bob because don't billy bob look like somebody you can have a beer with i'm being serious like that is how we've been slowly indoctrinated to participate and when that's the case of course by proxy we're only going to be moved by candidates that we quote unquote like So now if we don't demonize people for acting that way, we can understand your point, the data of only 49% of young folks participated because they didn't like the candidate. And you already said, young people, we're not gonna do stuff for tradition and we got the internet so we can Google stuff. We're not gonna do that. Like, it's like, this don't make no sense. Why, Why would I do that? So you have all of these things that are happening at the same time, right? And if we understand that reality, we can stop demonizing folks and say listen i affirm that i feel you you're right and this is how we can change it and this is where passion framing comes in and for context for folks who don't know i'm not going to tell you how long ago let's just say over a decade ago when your girl was in college you know what i'm saying a young women. in the
0: streets it don't matter
2: listen <laughs> um i created a framework called passion framing that aims to connect micro issues. And what I mean by micro issues is the shit that we actually care about, not some like, you know, healthcare. Like what does healthcare mean? Like, can you afford your diabetes medicine? Like that's micro issue to the political seat that holds the power. And the reason why that's important is because I realized that the candidate will change, but the power of that political seat won't. And if we can start to educate people and have conversations and make connections to that seat, then we can move people to participate outside of the way that we've been socialized, which is by uh, inspiration. So that's what—that's how I believe that we can shift it. It's a fundamentally different story if it's like, yo, well, in my example, I'm from Miami, as I said, a huge part of my identity, we like to turn up until late. Okay, early in the morning, that's our culture. That's what we do, honey. We turn up. Yes. It's a different situation when you're like your favorite club, the reason why they have to shut down at this time is because the city council passed this thing called a noise ordinance that said they got to shut down. So you're like, oh, okay, so my sports bar that I think should stay open till 5 a.m. has to shut down because of some BS law that these this person passed. That's a completely different conversation. that's a completely different thing than oh well you know you should vote because it's your civic duty civic who's civic duty so i think that's how we can begin to engage young folks but particularly black folks native folks poor folks in this process because if we're not engaging in a way that transcends these like inspiration we are leaving we're leaving an opportunity for people who want more power to take more power so that's it, that's it that
0: is it um would you have anything do you wanted to
2: No, that was
1: very well said because I, I i was uh i wanted to touch on how they get us to vote especially like through uh celebrities instagrams and things like this and really? years ago i think diddy had the vote or die campaign and other stuff like this where you feel like you're required to vote despite you not really having any kind of knowledge about the process or yeah or whatever like they like like you said they demonize you if you don't you know take a or, or aren't a part of the process and i've always had a, like kind of an issue with that um, so i'm glad you kind of touched on that
2: yeah, yeah i mean think about american culture is to demonize the other right and peer pre- like peer pressure is is something real marketing is something real and it's very and this is why i get on people like we can't just use the same narrative like vote 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 it's your civic duty i'm like how about we say vote and because it's not just about voting it's also about holding these suckers accountable like that's not it and voting is one tool that we can use that's one it's not voting and go home no we need you to vote and show up to the meetings and drag them and drag them some more and vote them out if they don't act right and volunteer at this thing like it is it's not that simple and when we follow this same narrative that folks who want to keep power because they keep power remember was showing you just a little just do this you don't need to know about all this do this and then when we double down on that what are we doing so I I do feel some type of way when we have these celebrities like vote 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 it's like no no tell these use your platform to say vote in how about that
0: you get the nail on the head in so many ways and that's the hardest part That what you said at the end there is letting people know is it doesn't just stop at the polls like getting people to be because people are already hurting man people are already like a lot of people are broke um millennials as you i'm sure you already know we ain't having kids like that we ain't getting married like no. that we ain't buying houses like that because we don't think we can afford it like we don't think we are stable enough to afford these things so like people are already going through all these like day to day hardships, so to tell them that don't just vote because you're not going to just vote because you don't really know politics like that. But like once you even learn about these things, go vote and be involved in the community. That's the hardest thing is getting people to just stay involved to their communities. Like, and I just ended with this last quick question: like, do you have any strategies for how people can just stay connected while also trying to battle these day to day just general hardships when they're just trying to you know keep their head above water in the first place?
2: Yeah, I appreciate that question. And and what I would say is like for all of us who have the space to have these like conversations, it's also our responsibility to educate our our, our folks because the reality is we make it seem like everybody has the time, the energy to do this. Like there's a the luxury and a privilege that we have time to spend an hour and just talk about this stuff.
1: Okay.
2: You know, I know folks who are working two, three, eight, nine, eleven jobs for real and barely have time to sleep. So then to assume that they would then have this extra capacity to learn a a system that is strategically confusing is not fair. So I would say we have to divorce ourselves from this individualistic notion that it is on that one person to know what they need to know. I think it's on us as a community to make sure that our community has the information that they need to survive and thrive. And what that will look like is You know having conversations with my mom like i'm down here in florida i live in dc visiting my mom and we go walking and it's election season so there's all these signs and i'm like oh mommy do you know what a a county a a county commissioner is oh no and then we have a conversation about it Mm. right how can we when you are shooting the shit with your people and y'all talking about the game and y'all talking about how lebron and him calling his mom on the floor like how can we make all of those conversations political? How can we say, how can we, you know, the folks that have that have capacity, how can we do research and then be able to communicate to our people in a real way of like, well, this is what's happening and this is what's going down. Even if it's something like, well, we'll talk about like voter suppression. What if it's just like, yo, we drinking and it's like, yo, did you see what happened to California dog? No, yo, they working hard, my G. You know, like, how can we, start normalizing talking about stuff that is strategically made to seem that it's not for us, right? How can we, you know, think about our circles and our conversations of like, everything is politics. Your return, everything is policy. Your return at Forever 21, that's a policy, you know, where you can park, that's politics. Mm -hmm. Who you can love, that's politics. Where you can go to school, where you can eat, your, your, you know, your community. Does it have a drug store? Does it have a liquor store? Does it have a drive-thru liquor store as it does here, which I really appreciate? All of that is (laughs) policy and politics. Like we it's it's it is strategic that we've been taught the things that we really love is over here, and then the political process is over here. And that's strategic because if we start to make connections, we can start to really make moves. So I think what we what we do is start talking about it, you know, all the time. I'm not saying ad nauseum. But we just have to normalize the information.
0: It's ingrained into your very being. You just worded it so perfectly. That's why I asked
2: you on the show. You just
0: word stuff so <laughs> perfectly. Like, ingrained it into your every, just like we talked about with the business. I, I when I got into entrepreneurship, we you know black people all own a business, get your own business, What's your streams of income, da, 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 da. <laughs> If you really want to be a business owner, you got to ingrain it into your way of living. Like, that part. You don't just become a business owner when you wake up and, Send out an invoice and then you go back to sleep or whatever. Like it's a whole way of living where you start actually being le- legally responsible for other people's paychecks or for like contracts you make with other people. That's a whole that's you gotta change your way of living for living for that. So why wouldn't it be
2: the same for politics? And if I could say one more thing, just ask the question. Like I just feel like we just need to ask the questions. Like it's there's some stuff that I've been doing this stuff for over a decade and I do not know, right? And it's okay. I'd be like, well, what is what does this mean? Let me Google. What what was this? I think I was talking. Was it on for Harriet? Somewhere I was doing IG live. You know, all we do is Zoom dates and IG lives. Uh-huh. What happened? It was a Breonna Taylor's case and the jacked up Attorney General. He created. It was a. What was that word? It was like something. Whatever the the charge was, I had no idea what that was.
0: Oh the um. Oh God. It was like she
2: something. Huh. You talking about when you,
1: the charge they gave the officer for shooting through the wall or something like yeah.
2: that? Yeah, like whatever that oh. was. I had no idea. I was like, what the heck? I went to Google. You know what I'm saying? And I think when we do that, it normalizes. Like There's a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know, and it's strategic. Going back to like, let's not demonize it. It is, it, I said all the time, if you don't know, okay, good. That means that their system is working, and let's change that. And I think we have to normalize it, asking a question. It's like, what the heck does this mean? Who does this? Let's ask. And and we have to commit to not, you know, demonizing our people for not knowing and creating a space that they can come to us and ask the questions so we can have the conversation because we know for damn sure they're not going to learn out there. So at least they can learn it, you know, at the house. So that's my last thing. I promise. I'm done.
0: I wish you could have it for three or four more hours. <laughs> if you want to or three, four more hours, you can do that. But I know you got other stuff to do. Thank you so very, very much. Thank um, you. This has
1: been very informative in a short amount of time, uh,
0: bro. Like it's so informative. <laughs> That's the same thing that happened when I watched on um for Harriet's um IG live. Like it was only like an hour, and like my mind was like, you know, you get that good knowledge. You just I to go to the computer or go to your books and stuff. Like I have books on this stuff here. I just don't even be reading. But like people just like you said, you just normalize the conversation because you just don't think these things are supposed to involve you. When in fact, it cre- it literally cur- curates everything that you do, all the ways that you live. <laughs>
2: And if I can say like, I'm not like a super smart or whatever, you already know this stuff. I think we'll, uh, again, it's because the way that we've learned or even heard about it, the news, they don't talk about it in a way for us to actually understand. Exactly. So I want to just name it for folks that are listening. They're like, oh, this makes so much sense. It's easy. It's not me. It's not me at all. We're just talking and we're family and we're having a familiar conversation and we're doing it in a way that aligns with how we learn and how we have regular ass conversation you know what I'm saying I'm not I think that's the difference and and I think when we realize that if we to the point about normalizing and just talking about it we'll realize oh yeah like that makes sense I could do that or that's easy I could do that but it's communicated to us strategically confusing as hell so we can be like okay that's too much that's y'all using those words that's that's like eight syllables in one word like I'm good Like you know like it's it's intentional you know how you be in a conversation with somebody and they be using some word, it's like, why you ain't just say it was cold? Like, what, like, like, to, you know I what I'm saying? saying? It's like, what? It's cold. Just say it's cold.
0: You talk about like, demonizing, like, not knowing. We also demonize when somebody knows a lot more than we do. And they do try to, like, shut them off. as, like trying to be smarty, artsy, for me and that was just talking about this. Oh, you know, you're smart now. You didn't go to college now. Now you got all these words and say so You're trying to impress us with your words and so, Like, you start demonizing those who have gone out of their way to learn more. And yeah, yeah, sometimes people kind of use it to weaponize against other people who don't know it as much. But like, yeah, people just don't know how to, when you don't recognize something. A lot of times you attack it before you try to yes. understand it. Yes. And so especially when it comes from your own peoples, like, oh, shit, I grew up this dude my whole life. Now he also, he's talking all these big words. I'm still in the same mindset. Like, I got to tear him down. Like, no, like, get there with him. Like, see
2: see what's going That's on. It i will say one plug tonight um black news um our black party i don't know if you've heard of our black party to your point will it's a political party that centers the experiences of black folks they have a town hall tonight on Revolt, revolt tv and youtube at nine o'clock so i'm on a panel whatever so you know you can come support your girl but it's also like a really good conversation of really dope folks that talk about this work so and to the point of having, you know, difficult. Come on, Thaddeus with a pull oh, up. Oh, that boy good. Come on, that boy good. Come on, <laughs> Tech. <laughs> um, but please, please come through. Really great minds and listen. Like everyone listening or who will watch later, just know that even if it's not for us, we can make a way for us, and we can do that if we just show up, show up, and show out. I believe in us. I believe in y'all. And if I can ever be helpful, let me know. Um, it was so good talking to y'all I have no idea where y'all are based but
0: <laughs> we're based in uh, Columbia, South Carolina yeah. Oh, Yeah.
2: So, come on South Carolina you know what I mean
0: because <laughs> yeah,
2: you know I mean? Ow. Yes. Here trying to take
0: over but we're resisting you know what I mean you know what
2: okay <laughs> I see you my homegirl Jess is in South Carolina okay all right well oh, if I you're can... ever in the DC area let your girl know I do love DC um, yeah. you don't know what Joe battle do you I'm sure we're family, so there oh, was okay. only okay. one uh, plantation with Battle last name, so we are definitely family. But I don't, I don't know who that person is. I Actually, found a cousin on Twitter, so
0: okay, cause... I'm sure
2: we're related. Tell him I said what's up. He has family yeah. in D.C.
0: He's a fashion designer. Everybody I've met with the last name Battle was already fired. Like,
2: oh, you can't have a
0: last <laughs> name like Battle without being like a phenomenal person, first of all.
2: I mean, <laughs>
0: you know what I'm saying
2: please
0: yeah, check out CC yo at the CC Battle on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I believe your website is is it CC Yep, it is. Please check out. i put the link in the on the, we did the stream this to, uh, on Facebook. I can send you a copy of the recording if you like. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so very, very much. You're Just so welcome. It.
2: Thank you for reaching out. So good to meet y'all and well i feel i feel your skepticism my G. you know what i'm saying i feel you i feel you Thaddeus. i didn't get to see you but so good to meet you and i see you with your tech game on strong thank y'all so much and i hope to be in touch
0: oh good deal thank y'all so much for joining us thank as you. well another episode we love y'all we appreciate y'all man this is a good episode this is one of my favorite episodes actually <laughs>
1: you just had to it was me. so important i wish we could have had her longer bro. me too oh. <laughs>
0: We are gonna invite it back next week. We just have it every week from now. Every week, that's what we're gonna do. Um, yeah, man, this shit was phenomenal. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Um, I'm definitely posting the hell out of this one because, <laughs> ton of good information. Um, shout out to Thad for just helping us out as usual. My
1: that, boy, guy, that boy was quick on them buttons.
0: You was like, anybody queue him up or nothing? But he just, he just, and that was going crazy in the comments too. Like I know that was for <laughs> everything she was saying. But um, that's it for this episode, y'all. We'll be back two weeks from now. Um, Check us out on Patreon, because like I said, Lovecraft season finale is this Sunday. I'm telling you, we about to lose our shit. I ain't even watched the promo for it. I don't know Will did.
1: I I don't do that, sir.
0: I don't either. So, (laughs) that's just going to be lit. Uh, We do have a bonus episode coming out tomorrow on Patreon as well, so check that out. Um, Yeah, patreon.com slash ignorance We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And we will see y'all next time.